The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It is time to find out what the heck you should be watching with our movie critic, our TV critic, the one and only Steve Stebbing. Hey, Steve. Hey, Jay. How are you? I'm really good. Great to check in with you. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Okay, uh, let's get right to it. Let's talk about what's going on with the the movies and some of those full-length ones. And uh, this one has been talked about a lot. There's been some controversy around it. It's Mulan. Six of our northern cities have fallen in a coordinated attack. Their leader fights alongside a witch. Crush these murderers, Your Majesty. Every family must contribute one man to fight. You're a war hero. You've already made many great sacrifices. father cannot fight so i will take his place steve you call this movie a breathtaking experience mm-hmm. at times tell us about it yeah well it seems that uh, a lot of the people uh, a lot of people aren't liking it uh but mm-hmm. i mean the new hotness is disney uh adapting all of their animated classics into live action ones uh and it feels like a lot of them uh are lacking soul but mulan seems to be in my opinion rich with it and I have to give it to the filmmaker, uh, Nikki Caro, who also did Whale Rider about 15 years mm. or more ago. And uh, the cinematographer, uh, her name is Mandy Walker. Uh, it just infuses so much color and landscape and just uh, just breathtaking uh, uh, cinematography throughout this movie. Uh, and I just, I really enjoyed the movie as a whole. Maybe it's because uh, Mulan's a movie that's kind of far back in my memory and I don't really... I, I don't really detail, <laughs> like, have a detailed memory of the original animated film, yeah. so I just really liked it. And, I mean, the Chinese cast in this is also really, really great. And, uh, I mean, yeah, unfortunately right now on Disney Plus it's behind a $35 paywall. Yeah. But uh, that's going to come down in uh, the beginning of December. Okay, well, that's good to know. And that Whale Rider, I have heard, I still haven't watched it. I heard great things good. about it years and years ago, but it, it's worth still sitting down and, and watching. Oh, definitely. Keisha Castle-Hughes is so good. I think she even got an Academy Award nomination that year. For yes. Well. So, yeah, I remember that. All right. Um, I'm fascinated by this next one. It's called Enola Holmes. Let's listen to it. A week ago, I awoke. Mother? To find that my mother was missing. And she did not return. I'm presently on the way to collect my brothers, Mycroft and Sherlock. Yes, Sherlock Holmes. The famous detective, my genius brother. He will have all the answers. Enola. Where's your hat and your gloves? Well, I have a hat. Just makes my head itch. And I have no gloves. My God. Now, I'm a, I'm a fan of Helena Bonham Carter, and she's in mm-hmm. this movie, but Millie Bobby Brown, is that who I think it is? Yes, it is. It's uh, Eleven from uh, Stranger Things, and I think the theme of this of this month's uh, spot is tough, unshakable, and strong female characters. So that's exactly <laughs> what we get with Enola Holmes, uh, who plays the younger sister of both Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes. Uh, Sherlock, and this is played by the human special effect Ke- uh, Henry Cavill, and uh, Mycroft is played brilliantly with so much curmudgeon nature uh, by Sam Claflin. And I dug this movie. I think uh, maybe because I head into it with headed into it with a bit of a trepidation and be like, 
I don't know. This could uh, this could go uh, one of two ways. Uh, but it's exhilarating. It's adventurous. Uh, it's got a great mystery to it. The editing is so sweet. It reminds me of uh, even the uh, the uh, um, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. Like it's yes. kind of that kind of that kind of fast style and everything. And uh, it's directed by Henry Bradbeer, who is mostly known for directing all the episodes of Fleabag. So it just oh. he has a fun, whimsical nature to him. And if this is the kickoff to a franchise, I'm definitely here for it. Hey, speaking of Fleabag, do we know when the next uh, next uh, next um, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> the, the next, next series of it. Yeah, uh, the next series of it is that coming out? When do we I know when? Heard I haven't heard anything about it, but I know that uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge and um, um, a- Andrew Scott were just uh, doing the um, HBO adaptation of his Dark Materials, which just finished its first season okay. a few months ago. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, they're both massively busy people now, uh, mm. especially Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who has just uh, seemingly exploded in the last uh, two years in popularity. So, uh, sometimes these British series uh, take a bit to get going. Uh, like when you think of like the Idris Elba series Luther, like there were yep. so many years between each season. So uh, yeah, I think we just have to be a little more patient. I'm not patient on that one because <laughs> I fell in love with that series. Mm-hmm. All right, so John Stewart, yes, John Stewart, he has something uh, coming out. It's called Irresistible. Take a listen. Colonel Jack Hastings is our key back into the great now swing state of Wisconsin. He just doesn't know it yet. Can I be completely honest with you? No bull. Be nice. My daughter's here. That was your daughter with her arm up the cows. But I would like to offer my services. Can we quiet the cows, please? To help you run for mayor of Deer Locken. And if you can get some of them to face front. Oh, my God. Okay, I know that voice, Steve. That's Steve Carell in that uh, in that uh, in that, isn't it? Yes, it is, and it's a little bit of a, a Daily Show reunion there with uh, <laughs> with John Stewart and, and Steve Carell. Uh, and this is uh, John Stewart's second at bat for for directing a film after Rosewater, but he also writes this film as well. And it is definitely a, a satirical comedy. Uh, and it follows uh, Carell as as a top strategist for the D- Democratic National Committee, uh, who is looking at this retired Marine Colonel and uh, farmer, uh, played by Chris Cooper, as kind of the probably the next person to to uh, maybe grab a ticket for the DNC. Uh, but he's running for mayor, so he decides to go to the small town to help him run, which brings his rival from the Republican convention, uh, uh, Rose Byrne's character. And uh, I mean, just bringing this up you and, and knowing what, what John Stewart's politics are, you yeah. would kind of think that this is maybe playing uh, playing more to the side of the left, uh, more than the side of the right. But it's really, at the end of the day, this is a lampooning of both sides. And, and I think that's the most interesting thing. It has a few issues here and there that almost took me out of the movie. But uh, against a, a lot of critics, I actually really enjoyed Irresistible. All right. Irresistible, uh, John Stewart. Okay, next up, I look at this title and go, hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's called I'm Thinking About Ending Things on Netflix. I am so glad Jake has found someone. <laughs> <laughs>
Excuse me? You don't have to go. I don't have to go where? Forward. Okay, this one sounds a little freaky, Steve. What's going on? It's a super weird one, and I am totally speaking to all my deep movie fans out there uh, because this comes from Charlie Kaufman, who writes and directs this one. He's the guy that wrote uh, Being John Malkovich and Adaptation, mm-hmm. uh, as well as, as directed a, a brilliant movie called Synecdoche in New York. And so this is going to be a movie that kind of dealt to those fans. But it's basically about uh, a girl and her boyfriend that are heading through a snowy landscape to uh, her boyfriend's parents' place to have like that first <laughs> meeting between them. And nothing kind of goes as it seems. As this one is, <laughs> is crazily existential. There's so much deep meaning within it. Uh, the cast in this, I mean, each person deserves an award on their own. They're all really, really great. Jesse Buckley's in this, Jesse Plemons, Tony Collette, David mm. Thewlis. Just throw the awards at them. They all deserve it. <laughs> Tony Collette, I've been a fan of, of mm-hmm. hers for a long time as well. Just always seeming to, to be there, eh? putting out strong performances on a regular basis, but never getting necessarily as, as many accolades as you think that she might deserve. No, and the fact that she didn't get an Academy Award or even a notice for Hereditary is yeah. is one of the biggest crimes of the last 20 years. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Steve Stebbing joining us this afternoon. What are you watching these days? Let me know at 780-496-0063. Steve, um, this, <laughs> I've seen all the ads for this, and I've seen people getting, you know, talking about it. To me, it seems a little... But, um, okay, it's called Away. Hillary Swank. Let's take a listen. Get home, Mumbai. I love you. I miss 20 million miles from the people she loves. She needs to know that her family's taken care of. I got it covered. Do you? They need me more than anyone, and I'm not there. You think you're the only one haunted by the sacrifices you made to get here? She's my mother. You're going through up there. Wait! Houston, we have a situation. What happened? She froze. I didn't come here to fail. I look that way. You're looking in the wrong direction. You have to trust me. Trust. It must be We're all scared. It's about having faith in each other. Steve, this has Hillary Swank as a as an astronaut who struggles with leaving her husband and daughter to go on a dangerous mission. To me, for some reason, it just seems hokey, and I don't know why. Yeah, well, I mean, it, all these uh, these space exploration, especially the long distance space exploration stories in, in drama form, always seem to deal with the same thing at its heart, which is the separation between said person and their loved ones. I mean, which is a lot at the heart of this one because I mean she has a very close relationship with her teenage daughter and then when uh, as soon as she gets into space on this one they, uh, after the initial launch her husband played by Josh Charles has a massive stroke so of course oh. that adds more weight to her character and wanting, wanting uh, maybe to scrub the mission and go back or do you continue for the, the, the three four year journey uh, but uh, coupled with that she also has to fight the fact that uh, her entire crew made up a, a an international crew because this is kind of like a a global coalition to make this mission to mars they're all already almost ready to call mutiny on her so she's Mm. kind of battling that as well the whole time 
All right, Kellen, I want you to go to clip number eight here, if you can. Um, this one, I, I want to check it out. My producer, Chris Brentlinger-Grant, thinks that this is just a, a five-star worthy um, series or, you know, documentary thing. And I, I want to watch it, but it's going to bring back, you know, that moment. Where were you when this happened? It's called Challenger, The Final Flight. If you lived through the 70s, the country needed something to feel good about. NASA said we're looking for our first group of astronauts to fly a space shuttle. We're going to open space up to more people. First Asian American to fly. First woman, the first African American. I had the thoughts of science and space, astronauts. That wasn't the kind of thing a black kid thought about. You know, how do you get to do something like that? NASA was always the good guys, the right stuff. You realize they're really rolling the dice. My dad, he said, I don't care who you tell, the shuttle is going to explode. Steve, I've got goosebumps just listening to that. Yes. Uh, and to answer your question, where was I? I was watching Transformers in my Macho Man <laughs> underoos. I was, I was four years old at that time. So, uh, I mean, but to watch that, I mean, even episode one uh, kind of gives, like, the, it starts with giving you that kind of global look of you know that fateful day and yeah. even the people that were there to watch the launch the the family waiting at home like it gives Ugh. you a really close shot of that and then it takes you back it takes you back uh, to 1978 which was the start uh, of the new diversity hire for nasa mm -hmm. when they were hiring more chinese uh, more more black uh, more black people and more women they hired six women in the in this push, which was a big deal for them at the time. So it's yeah. kind of neat to go through this series uh, through the eyes of, quote-unquote, the new class uh, of, of NASA, mm -hmm. and then to get to that point in 1986, which almost to totally tanked NASA as there was so yeah. much scrutiny, so much controversy around them of, like, how could this just go so catastrophically wrong? January 28th, 1986. It was one of those days that I'll never forget. Uh, I had had I had knee surgery that day, and I was at home at my I was at my grandma's house recovering when I was watching that on TV. All right, our final one this afternoon. I know a lot of people love this. It is the Chef Show, season two. That's the magic sauce. This one is going to be the pork sauce. Pork sauce. Pork. We need pork sauce. Is there pork in there, or is it sauce? No, it's pork? a pork marinade. Um, that we use for chicken. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that we're using for chicken. Yes. This is a confusing <laughs> recipe, guys. <laughs> no one's going to be able to cook this. <laughs> I, I'm, uh... There's 200 ingredients. We're making pork sauce for chicken. It doesn't add up, guys. <laughs> and he has not at any point told anyone what to do. <laughs> Oh, boy, Seth Rogen's laugh. You know it anywhere. Okay, um, mm. you can't uh, swing a stick without uh, finding a cooking show of some sort somewhere. I mean, they're just all over the place. But uh, sure. a lot of there's a, there's a lot of people saying a lot of great things about this series. I say uh, The Chef Show and Ugly Delicious are two of my favorite cooking shows ever made uh, because they're not just about showing you how to cook something or showing off the food. It's, it's about... Yes, it is about food, but it's also about coming together and gathering around for food. Uh, just the love of the industry, the love of the people, the love of the food around, uh, around you. And it's honestly, uh, it, it kind of burgeons from the first season of Chef Show, which is uh, it's led by John Favreau. 
and uh, Chef Roy Choi, who actually uh, runs a food truck in Los Angeles called uh, Kogi, which is uh, Korean and Mexican fusion tacos. Uh, and it's his story, which uh, John Favreau based the movie Chef off of. And they kind of were doing this as just kind of like a behind the scenes, like, yeah, let's just do some videos. And it actually turned into a show that the Netflix wanted to pick up. Mm. So uh, I, I love the guerrilla style of that. I, I love <laughs> the, the free flow of that. And I think that's what makes it all that more endearing. Mm, you know, you're a big fan of David Chang, too, huh? Yes, huge. That guy's <laughs> awesome. I know, he's a great follow on Twitter, too. I really, really enjoy following him. Uh, I had uh, the Momofuku cakes at my wedding, just Ooh. so you know. <laughs> they were amazing. They were yep. amazing, Steve. Uh, thanks for this, Steve. Appreciate it. And as always, uh, Chedville can find uh, more information at stevestebbing.ca or on, on your Twitter account. We'll talk to you right. next month. Thank you so much. Thank you.